Look at your neighbor. Now, if they ain't looking at you, tell them, look at me. Now, ask your neighbor, how is your heart? Amen. How is your heart? Today we're coming from, um, from Matthew, the 13th chapter, starting at the 18th verse. We're going to end on verse 23, but I would really want everyone to read, if not from your phone, from your Bible, from the overhead, but I want everyone to read, even the little bitty ones. I want them to read. Are we ready? Are we ready? All righty. Let's begin at verse 18. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us all say amen. 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 I started this uh, the other Sunday, and I want to continue. Uh, our stewardship month is, is really in October, but because I went over a little bit in another series, we were not able to start, but uh, I do want to pick up our stewardship uh, month and uh, I started off with the series by telling you what's the name of the series? Uh, uh, this message today, this message today gonna mess you up, dear. What was the series I started you out under under stewardship? Come on, don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! Oh, no, don't do that. No, that's part of it. 22, 16, 
38. What a winning hand. Let's say that. That's the series. Say it. Ah, no, no. Say it again. One more time. Well, that's part of a lottery ticket number. How about that? Uh, today, I want to, under that series, I want to talk about getting my heart right for giving. Getting my heart right for giving. Say that. Jesus was a wonderful, Jesus was a wonderful communicator. Uh, he made sure that he communicated whatever he had to say to the people in the audience he was talking to. I think if you don't know by now that Jesus was uh, one that uh, tried his hardest to deal with church people, but uh, church people would not listen to him. So he had to go out into the street. And going out into the street, he had to relate to them not on a seminarian's level, not on a Bible school level, but uh, communicate to them on the level that they were on. Now, Jesus was a very good communicator, and he knew how to communicate to people. Have you ever met somebody who didn't know how to communicate? I bet you if I ask you, especially if you're married, one of you probably don't know how to communicate. Well, if you ask the other, right? But Jesus was a wonderful communicator, and therefore, a, a communicator learns how to communicate on any level. On any level. One of the techniques that Jesus used was parables. Parables. Say that, parables. What is a parable? A parable is using something familiar to help understand something that is unfamiliar. Using something familiar to help you understand something that is unfamiliar. And now, uh, when Jesus used parables, he used parables to help people to understand from the earthly things that you do what's really going on spiritually. It was hard for the outside of church people to understand spiritual things because they weren't educated on that level. So Jesus would use parables in order to, watch this, in order to help them understand what kingdom thinking is, what godly thinking is, but helping them with something that they use every day. Now, uh, so therefore, he used familiar things, familiar things to help them to understand unfamiliar things, which is spiritual things uh, that he wanted them to really comprehend and grab. A lot of us don't understand, don't understand spiritual things. Now, we sit here in church and act like we do, but we really don't. Partly, that's the fault of the communicator, because the communicator is supposed to be able to relate to you on some level about spiritual things, and uh, a communicator must use whatever they can use to help you understand that. Well, looking at this parable, and what is a parable? This parable that Jesus used in here in Matthew 
It has to do with and dealing with seeds. With seeds. Now, if I gave you a seed, what would you do with it? What, 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 even if you ate it, you would do what? Something with it. Now, whatever you do with it, you're expecting something to happen from it. Now, when Jesus in this parable, he used a seed, and the seed is, is, a, is symbolic for the word of God in this parable that Jesus is using, talking to everyday folk. He used this seed, and this seed represents the word of God and the soil that the seed falls into or planted in is, is what? It is representative of a person's heart, mind, and soul. The soil or the ground represents the person's heart, mind, and soul. Is there anybody in here that do not have a heart, mind, and soul? Good. I'm glad you said, I'm glad you ain't saying anything because if you didn't have a heart, mind, and soul, I would assume you to be dead. But we do have spiritually dead people, don't we? Uh, most of the people that Jesus was dealing with at that time were just everyday farmers. They, that's what they did. They plant a crop. They plant seeds to get a crop. They were just everyday people. And most of us are everyday people. We're not, we're not seminarians. We're not Bible school folks to go to school. Only a few of us do that. The rest of us have a job. We, we go to work. And, but yet we do want to know what God requires of us. Now, don't we? We do want to be right with God. Now, don't we? Now, y'all just might as well get into this because you're not going to get the turkey until Thursday. Uh, these people needed to know what God required of them and understand what spirituality was all about. And they really wasn't getting it because the church people were kind of keeping it to themselves and looking down on the folk in the outside. And Jesus decided to go on the outside to help folk that didn't come, on, didn't come into the inside. And that's what we really do here. We, we come in the inside and get the spiritual knowledge that we need, and we take it what? On the outside. Now, some of us don't take it on the outside, but nevertheless, that's what we should be doing. Now, parables are used, watch this, as a mirror. What do we do for mirror? We look in the mirror to look at ourselves. Hey, you know, some of us look at the mirror, and we say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the finest of them all? And some of you are food to say me. But a mirror helps you look at yourself to see what you really look like. Parables are the same thing. They are there to help you to see how you really are. So if the seed represents God's word, Jesus did not have anything to say about the seed. Because the seed was a good seed. Now, we know some seeds that we get are not good. They're bad. So when we plant them, we don't yield anything. But the word of God is always good. There's nothing corrupt or bad about the word of God. 
Now, in, in fact, in fact, according to uh, according to uh, Moses, and Moses was uh, one of the uh, writers, supposedly of of the book of Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers, the 23rd chapter and the 19th verse, listen to what it says. God is not a man that he should lie. Look at your neighbor and say, liar, liar, your pants on fire. (laughs) Nor a son of man that he should change his mind. How many times you, how many times you have, how many times you have people that say they're going to do one thing and what? Change their mind. Now, personally, I have problems with that. I have, I have problems with that. And, and uh, I, I'm just not good if you say you're going to do something and then you change your mind. And the Bible says, it continues, says, does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not Watch this. Fulfill. In other words, God, whatever he says he's going to do, he's going to do. So the seed or the word of God is not a lie. The word of God is truth, and you can count on it. You can build on it. You can be sure that it means just what it says. But let's go on, because seeds are expected to produce. Like you said, you get a seed, you're either going to plant it, or you're going to eat it. If you eat it, you're going to get nourishment from it. If you plant it, you're going to yield a crop. So when we have seeds, we are expecting it to produce. Seeds are expected not only to produce a harvest, but also, watch this, when you plant a seed, you're expecting to get something from it. Expecting to get something from it. Let's continue. If we look at this parable that Jesus used, he's dealing with seeds and he's dealing with the ground or the soil. The yield, watch this, the yield in this parable is considered the word of God producing a Christ-like character in you. A Christ-like character in you. I just got through doing an interview last Sunday, some of you know, and um, um, it's going to be um, in France. So you won't get a chance to really see what I said or hear what I said. But uh, um, uh, I was mentioning that I do not consider myself a Christian. Now, for most people, that's, that's, that's just mess them up because you have been accustomed to calling yourself a Christian. And I always challenge people, look up the history of that. Look up the history of a Christian. Now, I'm not saying Christians are, are, are not Christ-like, uh, but I am saying Christ-like may not be a Christian. And I'm not trying to ask anybody to change your identity of being a Christian, but I'm just asking you, if you think I'm so far out there, why don't you look up? For yourself, the word Christian and how it came about and how you got labeled a Christian. But Christ-like, and that's what I told him in my interview, I'm Christ-like. Because Christ is my main image that I want to follow. 
that's who I want to be like. That's who I, and it's no doubt about who I'm trying to mimic. I'm trying to mimic Christ. Jesus the Christ. That's who I'm trying to mimic. I'm not trying to mimic Martin Luther King. I'm not trying to mimic my granddaddy. I'm not trying to mimic my grandmama. I'm trying to mimic Jesus the Christ. Well, the word of God produces a Jesus Christ character. Christians can say anything and do anything and feel just fine with it. But Christ-like, you can. In this situation, I want to consider some Christ-like characters such as your time, your talent, and your time. Your time, your talent, and your time. A Christ-like character, your time, Because this is stewardship, and stewardship means what? A manager. Because when we understand that everything we have was given to us by God, and God expects us to manage it, we don't own anything. We are given things to be managed by God. Consider the parable to be a, a mirror, to look at yourself in order to see what it could be that hinders you, that hinders you from giving your time, your talent, and your time. We got quiet. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with your character now. Your time. That's Christ-like. So I want to focus on two scriptures out of this from the 13th chapter, looking at verse 18 and 19. Look what Jesus says, because Jesus, and if you go early in this chapter, in verse 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he gives the parable. And here he explains what the parable meant. All right, so if you want to go back and begin in the chapter to see how the parable sounds, but now we're looking at how he explains the parable. So, 18 and 19, I want to use those two verses to just deal with the seed and the soul. The seed and the soul. Verse 18, he says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Verse 19, when anyone hears, now, now listen, the word hears means listen. Listen. Listen to what? Look what it says. To the message, which is the word of God. Anyone hears and listen to the message, which is the word of God. Now, there's a difference between hearing and listening. I experience that a lot with people that I talk to. They might be on the computer typing, and I'm talking to them, and they focus on the typing, and I'm saying, do you... Do you, how you listen to what I'm saying? They go, yes, 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 yes. I'm listening, I'm listening, but I'm typing. But they type it. And then you ask them, the tester, what did I say? And they stare at you like. Uh, 
They weren't listening. Because when you're listening, you, you understand what is being said. You're understanding what's going on. You're absorbing what's being said. Now, women accuse men of not listening. And, I'm, and I am guilty when I was married. I am guilty sometimes of just looking at her mouth moving but didn't, didn't listen to nothing she said. Because, you know, sometimes men, we understand this, uh, 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 nagging. And when, 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 when my wife starts nagging, then I just watch her mouth moving, but I don't hear nothing she say. Because I dare not walk away from her because she'll walk behind me and continue to nag. And ladies, I don't condone this, but that's how sometimes women, you know, get somewhat misused or abused because when a man walk away, he don't expect you to continue to nag it. I don't condone it. I'm just helping you to, if you end up getting, you know, a little mistreated, you might want to look at yourself and understand why. Amen. Women, I want you to say amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, but, but, but you got to listen. You, you got to listen. But look, look what the verse says. It says, they hear or listen to the message, which is the word of God. They listen to the word of God about the kingdom. Now, when he uses word kingdom, when he uses word kingdom, he's talking about a relationship between God and his people and him being recognized as king. God wants you to recognize him as king. And that relationship that you have with God, when you talk about the kingdom of God, you are a part of the rule of God, and God is the king. Yeah. Let's continue. The verse go on. It's the 19th verse. I'm still in there. And does not understand it. Does not understand what? Not understand the word of God, which is the seed does not understand the word of God. Now, when he says does not understand, he simply says do not know or do not comprehend. When you don't understand, you do not know or you do not comprehend what the word of God is saying. And our responsibility is to know and to understand the word of God. That's why Jesus was using parables to help them to know and understand. There are many people that go to church, listen to the communicator, but yet walk out not understanding what they were communicating. Okay, let's keep going. It says now, it says down here that, that, uh, that they did not understand or comprehend, and it says the evil one comes and what? Snatch, which means, which means this. In Greek, take by force. Takes it away by force. The evil one. Now, if you go in the beginning of the chapter, you see that the evil one was symbolic by a bird. A bird comes and snatches the seed. And here he describes the bird as the evil one. Well, watch this, watch this. Uh, 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 the word snatch simply means to take it by force or steal it. The evil one comes and steals and takes by force the word of God. 
that was sown. The word of God in, in, in is, is sown in the heart of man. It's, but why? Because it's the soul. It's the ground. It's the soil. Comes in your heart and he takes it from you. And watch this. Watch this. He takes from you what's in your mind, your spirit, and your soul. He takes it right from there that it's been planted. I know sometimes when folks say, when I go to church, I don't feel nothing. Well, maybe what you have been stolen before you got here. Watch this. This is the seed sown, the word of God, along the path. The path sown was put out along the path. Now, Now, just wake up for a minute before you go back to sleep. Wake up for a minute. He says, these seeds, which is the word of God, that was planted in your heart, mind, and soul along the path. The path. What is the path? A path is, is, is a place that has been already cleared out or trotting on. Already been cleared out and trotting on before you even got there. Already been walked on and made clear before you got there. It's already been laid out for you before you even got there. And these seeds, the word of God has been planted in something that already has been walked on and cleared out. Okay, let's understand this, and then I'll be ready to go home and eat some chicken. I like to live up to what preachers do, eat chicken. Now, what is Jesus saying in the parable? He's saying that the former, which is God, the farmer who sows, give us his precious word. And the word that he gives us is for understanding in order to transform us into his likeness, to transform us into his likeness. Now, here again, I don't mind you saying you're a Christian, and I'm not going to bother folk who call themselves a Christian, but don't get upset if I say I'm not Christian, I'm Christ-like. If I'm going to be transformed, I want to be transformed, as the word says, to be Christ-like, to be a Christ follower, to do what Christ do. Now, now, now we we run around talking about bracelet and says, what would Jesus do? You never did it. But you got the braces on. See, a Christian will put something on to look like something that they're not. See, you'll come to church and sit right here for a couple hours or so and not be changed by anything and leave here and the only thing you can say is you went to church. But you're still the same person that you was when you got up this morning. Look at your neighbor and ask him, how your heart? Now, let me tell you a principle. Let me tell you a principle. Let me tell you a principle. Say, Pastor, hold on, tell me a principle. Well, I'm just going to talk to y'all who talk back to me. Here's the principle. The kingdom of God comes when the soul, when the word of God, and the heart, which is the mind, body, and soul, when, when both of them comes together and germinate. The seed 
Here's a prayer. Hear this again. Here's again. The kingdom of God comes. The rule of God comes. When God becomes king of your life is when, is when, watch this, your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit meets with the word of God and the word of God and you becomes one. That's when it germinates and then grow roots. That's when it sprouts. That's when it makes a help, a harvest. That's when it, if you just get the word and not let it go into your heart, then you just got the word. But the kingdom of God has not ruled yet because uh, you, had, you, did, you did not let it germinate in your heart to bring about a transformation. That's what we call a wet Christian. See, there's no way you could be a wet Christ-like because either you are but now you could be a wet Christian, yeah, you could be baptized and still the same person that you were. You just got your name on the roll, so when you die, you have a place to have a funeral or a place to get married. But you're not changing, you're not transforming, you're still doing the same thing. And, 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 and I'm concerned about my millennials and, and Generation X and and, and, and all, I'm, I'm concerned about that because I, I, I appreciate the celebration. But my question to, to them is, are you any different than us, the baby boomers? Yeah, you celebrate, you keeping it live, you making it funky, you getting down with it, getting involved, you changing and making it really expressive, you rapping, but are you changing? Oh, I go to a church where we have a good time and, you know, he speaks on my level, but are you changing? He says, so, you know, being a Christian don't, don't mean nothing to me if you ain't being Christ-like and transforming into the image of Christ. If something in you, see, see Christ-like shouldn't make you not want to be with older folk because we don't do what you do. Christ like said, look here, since, since, since y'all church folk in here don't want to go out there with them because they so unholy, let me go out there and help them to be holy like you. So if your Christ likeness causing you and not to want to be with us because we can't do what you do, then that's not Christ like, that's Christian. Because Christ dealt with everybody. No matter who they were, how much money they had or didn't have. Huh? Okay, okay, okay. Look at your neighbor and say, how's your heart? So, so when the word of God and, 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 your, and your heart comes together, then it should germinate, which causes what? A transformation. Okay, well, if that's the case, then let's deal with the parable then because the parable said the seeds that God sowed, the word that God sowed on the heart of men fell on the path. The path. Now the path is a place that has already been cleared out or already walked on. Oh, uh, the old preacher said, oh, I feel my help coming. 
In other words, he was saying, I feel the Holy Spirit coming on me, but I'm going like, well, where was it before? <laughs> so you all on your own to now? Help me, Jesus. I'm not knocking them. I'm not knocking them. No, I'm, not, I'm not knocking them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking If the soil or the ground has already been tampered on, tramped on, cleared out, and hardened, would it allow the word of God to penetrate? I think not. If you go out there on the street, if you go out there in the parking lot and throw seeds in the parking lot, I doubt that it's going to grow. Amen. Why? Because it's already been paved. It's already been covered. It can't even get to the, can't even get to the soil. And when God sows a seed to man, if you already been trampled on, walked on, cleared out, how can the word of God do anything to you and here come the evil one. The evil one can get to you real easy. Why? Because you all exposed. Okay, okay, don't leave me yet. Don't leave me yet. I'm almost through, though. I'm a, because, see, you got to understand the evil one is wicked. It's wicked. Now, you know, I, 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 I say that being Christ-like is a process. It's a process. You don't all of a sudden change when you come. You know, there's a lot of things you still do. And, but, but being Christ-like, you got to transform. You can't stay the same. It, 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 watch this. Truth is the basis, watch this, of conscience. If your truth is not there, then you don't have much of a conscience. Y'all wonder why our young folk can do so many things so terrible because they have no truth as their basis of conscience. You only can get, watch this, a conscience from truth. And your conscience tell you, hey, something ain't right. Something is wrong. Something's just not going the way it's supposed to go. And, 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 and so, so, so watch this. Watch this. How can the word of God get to you if you already been trampled on, cleared out, walked on and hardened, the, the word of God just lays on top of you, ready for the evil or the wicked ones to come and get it. Now, now, years ago, years ago, here again, uh, years ago, uh, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of it. I, I was a Mr. B's going guy. I went to Mr. B's on Friday and went to church on Sunday. Went to Bible study on Wednesday. And then watch this. Some Wednesdays I didn't go because they had wicked Wednesdays. Y'all try to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about now. See, you're so saved now. You done, you done forgot about wicked Wednesday at Mr. V's on Wednesday? And on wicked Wednesday at the club, man, it got all the way live from the windows to the wall. And on some Wednesdays, I just felt like wicked Wednesdays. 
And I didn't go to church because I felt like the wicked minister. Until, watch this, until more of transformation, more of God's words start getting to me. And how I knew they were getting to me because I'm at the club, I caught myself talking and they ended up talking about Jesus. And I tried to do that for a while, and then I said, no, I just can't keep going, because I'm trying to be player, player. <laughs> Women didn't want to hear no, didn't hear no Jesus, even though I was buying them drinks. So after a while, I, got a, I had to come out of Mr. V's. Why? Because of the transformation from what? From the word of God that was getting in my heart. My heart didn't feel right. I had conviction. My conscience was bothering me that I wasn't doing what the word of God was doing to me. And as much as I tried to lie to myself, truth wouldn't allow me. Why? Because of the word of God was in me. And I dare anybody to read the word of God. Keep reading it. Study the word of God. It'll change you to be Christ-like. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What can produce a heart that is likened to a path, a roadway, or a clear section? What could do that? What could do that to a person? It would be your approach. It'll be your approach. How do you approach the word of God in your heart? How do you approach the word of God in your heart? I got some things I want to share with you about how you approach the word of God. Now remember, remember, what's the title of my message? Okay, 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 okay. Somebody over here, somebody over here listening and understanding. Somebody over here, and sound like over here, you know, y'all might be a little sleep, or maybe y'all mind is on how you're gonna cook your turkey and what you're gonna put your turkey in and, and what kind of, you know, you're gonna get to the package store before they sell out, or you know. Because you know, the old Jays kind of gave that away, didn't he? He said, Your body here with me, but your. And we do that to God a lot. We sit in here and we're calculating up how much money we're going to spend for the week. That's what blocks us from really hearing the word of God. Some of you just got your heart broke, so you ain't thinking about God. Your heart broke, and people don't know, you know, I'm, I'm crying tears because my baby gone. I got a couple of things I want to share with you. What will cause a path placed on your heart that you cannot receive the word of God to be Christ-like. First thing I want to share with you real quick, if you don't believe, if you don't believe, if you don't believe in Christ, See, that's just plain and simple. If you don't believe in Christ, you won't accept the word of God. Because when you receive the word of God, you get a new life. 
old things slowly pass away and then it replaced things and you begin to be new. That's why your friends begin to see a difference in you. And watch this. You got to, you got to now figure out how you're going to approach them because you finding out that you ain't the same person that you used to be. So you either have a choice to stay the way you are, the path, the path has already been walked on by everybody else and you've been a part of that. Or are you going to change? So when you change, folks are going to say, well, something different about you. Oh, look at Robert over there. He's trying to be holy now. He don't, he don't do this and he don't do that anymore. Look at it. So it's hard for the word of God to try to overcome your friends. It's already, don't believe. Uh-oh. How is your heart? The path is, 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 is what every, every Christ-like person must overcome. If you want to be Christ-like, you've got to overcome the path. It's already been cleared out. A lot of folks come to church and don't know anything. Watch this. Don't know anything about Christ. And the first thing happens, a Christian look at you and ask you, where are you from? Right here in the church. Where are you from? Where are you been? And hold that guy. Soon as you even look like you're interested in being a part of the fellowship, giving your life to Christ, the Christians will come up to you. Well, I, I, I wouldn't join this church. See, 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 they already cleared the path. They already tried. I, I wouldn't join this church because such, such, and such, and such, and such, and such. Mm, I know, but you'll see after a while. Just watch. See, see, they cleared the path for you. They done blocked the word of God before you even got started. And you call yourself a what? Christian. See, if you've got issues with somebody, the Bible says to deal with it, to sit down and talk about it. But see, if you're not Christ-like, you can't talk about it. The reason why you can't talk about it is because you're so much into me, myself, waiting on it. Christ-like person must overcome uh, uh, the unbelief of what Christ can do. Jesus Christ is the word of God. And you got to believe the word of God and the word of God is true. Regardless of what other people say. The word of God is true. Jesus said that upon the rock, this rock, or uh, uh, let me say this, upon Peter's confession that, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and the son of God, Jesus Christ says that I'm going to build the church on that fact that you know that I am the son of God. He did, he did not say upon this rock, this is Pastor Hodo's church. He said, this is my church. And since this church is built upon Jesus Christ and every church that's supposed to be built on Jesus Christ is upon Jesus Christ, it's not about the people who's in it. It's about Christ. So no matter what goes on in the church, Christ got it. He got, he, he's going to straighten it out. Okay, okay, okay. Let, 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 let. Do you believe in Jesus Christ and his word? That's the bottom line. Do you believe in Jesus Christ and his word? Because Jesus Christ is, watch this, watch this, generous in his giving. Jesus is generous in his giving because he gives you everything. Regardless of where you are, how you think, what you do, he still gives. He's a generous giver. 
Let the church say amen. amen. He gives to those who believe, those who don't believe. He gives to all. Now, my question on this is this. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Because if you don't, there's a path already on your heart. The seed can't can even germinate. I got something else for you. Why give when everything seems to be functioning just fine? Why should I give to the church my time, my talent, and my tithe when everything seems to be good? The light's on, and I didn't give nothing. The choir's singing good. They don't need my voice. Huh? Oh, y'all fixing up things around the church? Y'all don't need my money. Y'all ain't hurting that bad. And then, you know, uh, I want to see where my money going. What great faith that is. And I look at people all the time. You don't see tomorrow, but you go to bed and say, I see you tomorrow. But yet, everything, when it comes to God, oh, I want to see first. Now, the pastor's still in mourning. Well, then you know what? Why don't you just sit down and let's, let's go through the books, see what's going on. Okay, okay. But, 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 but see, you, you know, when you, got, when you got people that already think everything's fine, everything's going on smooth without your talent, your time, and your time. Well, well, uh, 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 that's another sense of things already been, path has been already laid for you, and the word of God cannot seep in. People look at, people look at the obvious. They look at the obvious, which means as long as things are looking okay, they good where they are. Now, you know, some of that I have to tell you. People will not know how things are until those who believe say something about it. Y'all looking at me strange. People would not know about the church and what the church does and, and how we do unless you say something about it. A lot of times we end up agreeing with those who have issues instead of sitting there and explaining what all of the complexities that goes on in running a church, watch this, running a church that you are asked to give and not forced to take it. I've not heard of anybody yet go and, and, and walk up to the uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And, and go in there and tell uh, Trump, I want my money back. I have seen nobody go to IRS and say, I'm tired of this. You went up on my income tax. Give me my. I have seen nobody who actually said, I ain't giving you my money. I dare you to do that to the IRS and see when we be bringing you some candy bars. 
and some clean underwear. Doing time. Not giving your time, but they taking your God, look at your neighbor and say, how's your heart? Matthew 28, 18, Jesus left this statement. He says to the Christ-like people, teach them to observe all things that I have taught you. So part of this thing has to do with us, Christ-like people, not teaching other people about how things are done in the church of Christ. All right, well, let me keep going. Look at your neighbor again and say, hide your heart. All right, I'm almost through. I'm almost through. My, my, my question is, uh, uh, do, do those whose uh, heart has a path on it, do we, know, do we know why they don't give their time, their talent, and their time? Do, do we know as believers, do we know why? Have you ever stopped to ask them or have you, uh, you know, just wanted to know? Tell me why is it that you don't give the church your talent, your time, and your time? Yeah, that's really the truth. That's something I don't talk about. I don't talk about politics and I don't talk, I don't talk about money. Well, then if that, so then what, what, you're not a good communicator, so what do you talk about? But we are followers of Christ, supposed to talk to people, help them understand why to give your time, your time. That's just not for the, for, for the leadership. That's for every Christ-like person. Uh, uh, I had, no, 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 I'm going to get to this real soon. Let me go on to number three, number three, number three, number three. Some of the reasons why we have a path on our heart where it's already hard and it's tramped on, it's, 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 to see the, the word of God cannot penetrate is because we give to other organizations. Now, I want to start out by saying there's a lot of great organizations. A lot of great organizations. Absolutely. A lot of great organizations. And, and you choose to give to those nonprofits you give uh, of significance to you. Yeah, man, I understand that. And I understand that a lot of times these organizations have a certain amount of impact on the world by you giving to them. I understand that. And, and, and people tend to, to sow their time, their talent, and their uh, money to, to those organizations that are effective and efficient in what that, uh, their mission calls for them to do. And I understand that. I understand that. But let me place an argument for those who, you who do that. Why is it you don't choose the local church? Because the local church fulfills their missions. Have you found out what the local church mission is? Or are you going off what they say? See, somebody else been cleared a path of what the churches, you know, they misuse the money. That's a broad statement. For how many churches that exist, that's a broad statement. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, uh, the, the, the French 
uh, had a word called um, cysteine, cysteine, cysteine. The French had a word cysteine. Now, listen to me now. Don't go to sleep. See somebody sleep. Don't wake him up on this because you're going to like this. Then you can go back to sleep. Cysteine was the word that they used for someone who was deformed or stupid. Deformed or stupid. Now, coincidentally, where they get their word Christian from is from Cysteine. Deformed and stupid. Don't trust me. You should have looked this up a long time ago. But how can they hear unless they have a how can they have a preacher unless he's sick? And I can't hear nobody pray. How do you know what the local church mission is? Because every local church have a different mission and vision. You got to check it out and see. Does that mean that the local church cannot demonstrate the ability of being transparent and showing how their finances are efficiently and effectively used? Is that what you're saying when you give to another organization and overlook the church? You don't think we can do the same thing? Build upon Jesus Christ? Sure, you got evidence where the preacher done misused money, he done dope people in the whole nine yards, but, but, but you can find any organization where that has happened somewhere. You voted for your president, He ripped you off like I don't know what. You're going to probably vote for him again. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. The, the, the fourth thing I want you to know is, 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 is that uh, people give according to how it impacts their community. How it impacts their community. Do you think that local churches do not try to impact the community that they're in? And for you to think that other organizations are so much better because they impact the community? The churches impact community too. But what is the most difficult thing for a church to do is to get your time your talent, and your finances like you giving over there. The church feeds the community. Now, I do agree that the church has abuse going on in the church, but abuse, abuse goes on in a lot of organizations. Are we not trying to help the homeless? Are we not trying to help those who, who, who don't have a place to stay? Are we not doing the same thing? Do you know that we, we here at this church have an after-school program and can't hardly find a volunteer? 
but let me be a fraternity and a sorority and ask you to support an after-school program. Y'all line up like you're getting Michael Jackson tickets. Now, I'm not knocking fraternities and sororities because I know I'm getting ready to get it because of, well, you know he's talking about No, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying we, the church needs the same support and dedication that you give all the other organizations. And I have not said don't give to other organizations. I said the church deserve, deserves the same thing. But how can we do it? But you see something about it? When you do it for the church, you don't do it for yourself. You ain't getting no badge on your shoulders. You ain't getting nothing on top of your shoulder to call you a sergeant of arms and all this stuff. You're doing it because you're doing it for Christ, and you look for Christ to give you your rewards. Do you not know that everyone that do for the Lord will get a reward, or do you not believe that? So how are we as a church do to do, to do the things we need to do when we don't have volunteers, the talent, and the finances. But you bragging about the organization over here you're a part of, that you're, not, that you're giving your 100%, and you come to the church and give us zero. Okay, all right, all right, let me conclude. Here's the question. Are you going to let someone take you from what God has given you to multiply the kingdom of God, because everybody has a talent. Everybody has tithe, and everybody has time. It's what you do when the word of God touches your heart, how you're going to respond, and what you let the wicked one come and take from you. Because the wicked one is always taking things from us so we won't be productive. So we won't have a yield, a harvest. Now I'm not through. I got, I got to finish this prayer, but I'm going to do it one Sunday at a time. But Jesus first dealt with the people that are of the path. Can't nothing get to you because something already got to you before you get now. Now, 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 I, I, I noticed nobody tore up no pews and nobody shouted. And back in the old church, you know, they at least shout and fall on the floor so somebody can come and pick them up, carry them out. Of course, we had certain men that was waiting on it. No, that's what I said, certain men. I didn't say all of them. I didn't say all of them. I said certain men was waiting on it for them to fall on the floor so they could pick them up and carry them out. And I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But what, above all things, God wants you to understand the word of God so it'll make a difference in your life. Now, here's, here's, here's where I want to land, right here. Do you have a path on your heart where it's hardened, it's been already walked on, trampled on, where when you hear the word of God, you just deny it because of something you were told 
something you heard. Because what I want to do is offer you Jesus Christ. Now, why I want to offer you Jesus Christ? Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, you can say anything you want to say about it. But I ask you, if you got any kind of conscience that's based upon truth, ask yourself, is your life really going the way it should be? Now, you can have all the money in the world and still your life is not going the way it should be. And you could be almost broke and shown up your life ain't going the way it should be. But watch this. Watch this. What really, what really counts here is deep down inside, do you have the peace of the almighty God that no matter what happens, you know that God got you. Paul says, the kind of peace I got now is that I know how to live high. When I'm high, I learn how to live low. When I'm low, I have learned how to be content. You guys got to know that we're heading for another depression. You guys got to know this. Get your head out of the sand. Now, if you're building your life on the things you have that you probably won't have for a while, then I want you to hurry up and get Jesus Christ because he'll help you deal with not having. But is your life at peace? Now, you know, the only way you can answer that is with truth to yourself. And if you don't have peace, Jesus Christ is the answer. How I know he the answer? Because I was once in a condition like that. And when I accepted Christ, my life transformed. You cannot transform until, watch this, you believe in Jesus Christ and his power of resurrection. And I'm not talking about necessarily dead, but to resurrect you from a death and a dead life to a life that is alive. Now, only one knows that is you. You got to have enough in integrity yourself to look at yourself and say, no, I don't have that. And not be ashamed to admit it. Amen. I don't have that. A lot of times men think accepting Christ is for sissies. If I could say that now, I probably can't, but that's what we said when we were growing up. Sissies. It's not a sissy thing for you to accept Christ. Amen. In fact, it takes a lot, of, a, a lot of strength to accept Christ. Because Christ is going to change you from some of your ways that's just not bum diggity. I'm offering you Christ. What you going to do when it comes for you, bad boy? 